Welcome to the Access VFX podcast, pursuing inclusion, diversity, awareness, and opportunity in VFX, animation, and games industries. Hi, I'm Simon Devereaux, founder and director of Access VFX, bringing the visual effects, animation, and games industry together, working towards a shared goal to make our industry more diverse and inclusive by taking action rather than just talking about it. Welcome to our first ever live episode of the Access VFX podcast, where we're recording at Dean Egg's London studio. So should we give that a big round of applause? So also the venue for tonight's QVFX October meetup. So we're recording live on the 26th of September. So when this episode drops, it will be either World Mental Health Awareness Day or National Coming Out Week, but it will definitely drop in between those two dates. So this is our first episode also with a live studio audience, which I'm really excited about. This is like all my ambitions all just coming together. I can die now. Career, career done. Um, so again, you know, make some noise for uh, the podcast, guys. Come on, let's bring... Not, it's not canned laughter. So... Um, As I said, as next month is both uh, World Mental Health Day and National Coming Out Day, they're back to back on the 10th and the 11th of October. So we thought we'd set up a live episode focusing on both coming out. And I've I've loosely said in my little script here, the mental health effects associated with doing just that. But mostly I want to focus on uh, the journey of coming out. When we we set up the... um, the survey that we launched on the back of our launch event, a lot of people wanted to hear more coming out stories. So we had James Wharton at our last event and we thought we'd build on that with a a more VFX and animation focused uh, conversation. So we came up with the idea of not just doing another panel um, we go to a lot of events where there's a panel full, full of veterans talking about their journey. And we thought we'd still do the panel, but it, it looks like we're set up. It's like a press conference, isn't it? I feel like we're, we're a band and we're just about to announce we're breaking up, I think. That's what it feels <laughs> like. <jacket>. Yeah, <laughs> here's the jacket. Um, so um, let's get things started and let's uh, ask our guests to introduce themselves. So if I start, as we're at DNEG, let's start to my right. If you can just introduce yourself, who you are and where you do it, and please speak nice and loudly into this microphone. Not intimidating at all. No. Um, my name's Crosby. I work at DNEG, uh, as mentioned, and I am the production manager for our feature animation division. Amazing. Big round of applause for that, please. Come on. I'm Anna. I'm an animator at Blue Zoo. Whoop. I'm Gabriel. I'm a pipeline TD at ILM. Uh, and I'm Dan, and I'm a producer at The Mill. So we have a a really nice balance of uh, production and and creative around the table, which I'm really excited about. And it completely came by accident because these are volunteers. You know, we put the word out to our studios and these are the guys that that came forward. Admittedly, I had to kind of coerce Dan into a little bit uh, because he works at my place. But uh, we made it work. So we've got the wish list. So um, my first question, and this is a free for for anybody who wants to take it, is when did you start to become comfortable with your orientation, your gender identity? Nice, big, heavy-hitting question. Yeah, at what point did you... When, when, was the, when did you start to feel comfortable? Anybody? Come on, we're live on air, guys. Nobody likes dead air. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't mind. Uh, Thanks, I think I, I can say that even today, I'm not 100% comfortable. Okay. 
which I think part of the struggle with a lot of people uh, on our own personal journey that we we tend to we need to face w with the facts that you are not what everyone else thinks it's normal uh, and you go through that journey to sort of come out first for yourself mm -hmm. uh, and I think depending on your background uh, it takes time and I don't think I for instance I'm fully there yet so okay thank you Gabriel thanks for sharing thanks for kicking things off as well anybody want to add on add to that I'll totally pitch in. Um, I think I started first recognizing I was probably part of the queer community relatively young. I was probably about 11 or 12. Um, but I didn't know what it was. It just felt like probably the best description would be a crush mm -hmm. or um, that rainbow connection with another person. Mm -hmm. uh, but it took me a, a long time to get comfortable with it. Uh, a lot of that had to do with a severe amount of Catholic guilt. Um, for lack of a better phrase. Uh, I know it gets a really bad rap, Catholic guilt. I personally have a lot of strength from it. Mm -hmm. um, but for me, Catholic guilt summed up into everything that happened to me in life was for a reason. It was a reaction or a, a cause and effect of something else. Mm -hmm. So if I had a good day, it's because I did something good. I was a good person. If I had a bad day or, let's say, um, I had a bad piano performance or anything. It was a result of something I did. And I feel I probably at the time associated being queer in that category as well. Mm -hmm. So I kind of boxed it up, put it to the side. I wasn't gonna achieve my life goals if I acted upon it. Mm -hmm. um, and my goal growing up was to get to New York. All I wanted to do was get to New York. I grew up in a tiny town in the middle of the country. And that was all I could think about was getting to New York. So me acted upon any kind of queer instinct um, would jeopardize that. Uh, but then I got into the school of my dreams um, uh, after working hard, um, being very disciplined uh, in school, and uh, got to New York, and I didn't know what was next. Mm. Suddenly I found myself incredibly vulnerable, um, but also excited by that. Um, there was no Nothing could block me anymore. And then at that point, it was a slow evolution into being uh, accepting myself for who I was, okay. um, acting upon it. So in, an interesting um, comparable with what uh, Gabriel said about time. You know, yeah. this, this is, it takes time to either get comfortable, be comfortable, or you, you're not there. You just, it's just, it's, you're perpetually in discomfort. Is that fair to say, Anna? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, yeah, I'm not super comfortable with myself or my identity, but I'm kind of going through it in my own way, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, I sort of only came out relatively recently, so, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> just quiet. That's any question. I wanted to talk a bit about, uh, and I want to come to Dan in a minute, um, but I wanted to talk about one of our uh, m our colleagues at the mill was desperate to come on this panel as well, and he's on off on some client thing. Lloyd uh, is desperate. He would have taken over the entire... Uh, he won't mind me saying it as well. You guys would have not stand a chance. And he talks about time, and he talks about um, when you come out to family, parents, loved ones, and... You know, you have taken a long time to, you know, pluck up the courage or come to terms or whatever the, the phrase is to, to, you know, to kind of get to that moment when you come out to your family. And then there's almost an expectation that 
you want your parents or your family to go, yeah, okay, I love you and I accept it. And you don't always get the reaction you want because they almost have to go through a similar arc in terms of time as well. It was a really interesting conversation, not something I re I'd really thought of, but is that something that you would agree with? I mean, I'll throw this to Dan, who hasn't had a chance to speak on the, on the podcast yet. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a it's coming out to your parents is that I think that the hardest thing that you could do. You never know which way it's going to go, and I was terrified of uh, telling my dad because he he was born uh, sort of mid forties. So, um, you know, I always assumed that he'd sort of be like this, you know, bigot who who wouldn't wouldn't like it. So I, I never actually told him. I I came out to my mum. I gave myself no excuse. I sort of said to my mum the day before. I was like. Mum, can we sit down tomorrow and I need to talk to you? And I had had nothing else to talk about, so I kind of actually had to just do it and tell her. And she was like, okay. Well, she burst out into tears because, because of something going on with my brother, to be honest. But um, uh, I was like, I can't tell Dad. Can you tell Dad? And uh, she told him, got up, at, got up the next morning, my dad came, came up to me and he, he was like, you, you are an idiot for not telling me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, no, it, it was... I, that experience was was lovely, but mm. it, it it really really the the lead up to it, the years that it led up to doing that, really affected my relationship with them, um, and that that that's basically the reason I did it was because like I, it was really destroying our relationship, and uh, yeah, I can I couldn't be honest with them, I couldn't be truthful with them, um, yeah. Well, that deserves a round of applause. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so, I mean, on that, I mean, uh, coming out, you know, uh, Crosby, you know, when did you first come out about uh, your oh, orientation? Uh, many times, actually. Uh, so I was in high school um, after I was accepted into a school in New York, and I came out to someone I had a crush on hmm. um, just by chance uh, right before I left for New York. Um, that relationship did not work out for many reasons. One, I was moving thousands of miles away uh, but that was the first phase and then I got to New York and I was one of millions of people versus one of about 8,000 people so then that was a process and similarly it happened to me again when I got to California because I moved to California um, London's actually the only place I've been where straight out of the gate hmm. it was just normal and natural for my being hmm. you know. So an interesting uh, point you raise about um, you know coming out many times. It was mentioned at the the, the panel that we um, we held uh, for QVFX's launch event, and I can't remember who. I think Cat might have mentioned it. Cat Seal from um, Studio AKA talks about how you perpetually, particularly in visual effects and animation, not just in in life, but there's a lot of movement. That's why QVFX and Access VFX works because there's a community that people move around, particularly in creative and production roles. So it, do you think there's a, a sense that in this industry specifically or in life specifically, you are perpetually coming out? You know, you have that big moment like, you know, Dan talked about his, his dad, where it's like, that's the big moment when you come out and then you get your first job and then you have to come out again and then you move again. And, uh, and yeah, circles of friends, clients. I mean, is that is that something that's that's real? Is it pertinent? I, 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 sorry, go on. <laughs> I don't I don't. It's a difficult one. I do, I do tell people, but it's not something I feel like I have to tell yeah, people. It's not something that I, you know, it's, it's, it's a sexuality, but it's not something I let define me. So it's not, 
you know, shaking hands with someone and yeah. being like, I am Dan, I'm gay, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's people, it, pe people find out in, in their own time. They don't, they don't ask and I don't tell. And if, if it comes up, like I, I was leaving work today and I, I was telling someone I'm going to film, like record this podcast. And he was like, oh, what's that for? And I was about QVFX mm -hmm. and he was like, I would have n had no idea. And uh, yeah, so I, it's, it's, not yeah. really a daunting thing for me if, if it does yeah. happen, but yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I think there's an assumption that you just have to come out. Yeah. <laughs> New job, right, okay, I'm gonna come out and actually don't, it just says, you know, it's like, there's my pen, there's my notepad and right, where's, where's, my, where's my meeting? But actually, yeah, you have to, yeah. It's not in your business card, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we, all get, we get the rainbow ones. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, coming back to, uh, Anna, you said you recently came out. I mean, we had, uh, when we were pulling the panel together and you agreed to do the panel. I hope you won't mind me saying that you said you hadn't come out to your parents. And I was like, God, you want to do the podcast? I mean, this is yeah. going to, this is going live coast to coast because we have so many subscribers. <laughs> it's uh, ridiculous. But I mean, how recently did you come out? Um, I'd say, I mean, like, I technically told someone when I was in uh, sort of sixth form college, um, I sort of hit puberty and wondered why I was really, really sad all the time. <laughs> it's, uh, and so so I, I, I kind of did some thinking, tried to work it out, and ended up speaking to someone um, and said, oh, yes, I, I think I'm transgender. And uh, I don't think she really understood. Mm -hmm. um, she asked me if I had a crush on one of the boys in school, and I said no. <laughs> it's not, it's not, not quite it, but um, but she was very supportive anyway, and mm -hmm. encouraged me lots of times to go and see seek some yeah. help, um, which I promptly ignored and now regret. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because um, I mean, it's like you've seen the questions, Anna. Then it? yeah, it's kind of this all. I mean, it's, uh, we don't send them out. Um, but you talked about kind of you know a friend there, somebody who you kind of confide in. You know how how important is it to have um, somebody in your life as like, whether it be a mentor, whether it be a close confidant, somebody you can kind of check in with just to make sure you know they've got your back. I mean, do you have people in your life who have been on that entire journey with you? I mean, I mean, anybody can take this as again a free a free for all. Gabriel. Well, I mean, for me, uh, I'm from Portugal, and back home I was I was in the closet, and mm. I I didn't tell my closest friends that I was gay, and it took coming to London, and I was actually at Escape Studios, and one of my colleagues in my class, he was gay, and we became very close friends, and after, so there was this thing, it was like we, we were sort of, we recognized each other, mm. and we were, it was someone that understood what I was talking about. And he was actually him saying, uh, my cousin was visiting and he told me you should just drop it. Yeah. You should just talk to her and, 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 and tell her that, you, that you're gay and you'll see that it's not a big deal, it, it will mm. be fine. And it was, it was fine, of course it was in that day, but it took me just recognizing someone that I would identify um, with, uh, yeah. that I, I, felt, I felt understood yeah. and uh, that I was not alone, which was part of the biggest fear coming from, from my environment back home. Yeah. I thought I was the only gay in Portugal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my first pride in London, I remember I burst into tears when I came out of yeah. the tube and I saw that man, the amount of people, I was like, I'm not the only one. It's off to a good start. Was Portugal pride just you walking down the street? <laughs> I wasn't not. I actually never, never attended pride in yeah. Portugal until six years later. 
uh, because uh, wow. whenever I go home, it still feels a bit going back into the closet. Uh, so, so, so for me, coming to London and finally seeing people, uh, they were first relaxed about it, mm. being gay or not, mm. uh, but I could also talk to them about anything. Yeah. Felt, it, it's almost, we were discussing this at ILM recently, when you go into this workplace, for instance, and you notice there's a representation of a community that you identify yourself with, regardless of what it is. Yeah. Uh, for me, it was a sense of relief in my first day. <sighs> yeah, I can say that I'm gay because there's a, you know, a yeah. there's a head of HR here. There's the head of the company. There's, a, there's all all of these. And uh, going as well for what you were saying earlier about having to come out multiple times. Yeah, there's always that fear every time you go, you know, into a new place because people just assume that yeah. uh, you are one thing or the other. Um, yeah. So having to go through all of that. So the minute you you have someone, either a colleague, mm -hmm. just a friend, someone you can talk to, sort of relax and it's, yeah. everything is fine from that moment. Yeah. So it's kind of having that support now, both in terms of uh, people around you, but also kind of the infrastructure of department, you know, HR departments. You know, there's Absolutely. there's support all around you, right? So it must be a, a breath of fresh air when you, you walk through the because I think the doors part of my experience was that. In most of the environments where I could be openly gay, I was not before even I tried. Mm. Yeah. So it was just the assumption that I couldn't. Yeah. So when you walk into a new place, um, the assumption is that you can't, yeah. which is not the reality, but you'll go for, I can't do this or I can't do that. I have to be extra careful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then you slowly start realizing, oh, wait a second, I yeah. actually can. Yeah. And you eventually, that's why going back to the first question, I, I'm not fully comfortable because I should be able to walk into a room and mm. have no problems whatsoever. Yeah. But it's that initial filter that's there's a step back. Yeah, in there. so we talked a lot about when we start. I mean, even the work um, we did at the mill back in 2016, uh, that we we use the term kind of being able to show up as yourself, you know, coming to work and being yourself. So you're saying you still can't, you're not quite there yet. You can't be your true. It's just because there's that that initial. I remember uh, in in. I used to work at Dineg here, mm, and yeah. I remember one one day I was in the kitchen, and someone asked me, "How was your weekend?" And I I was going to say something, naturally mm. being honest about what I was doing that weekend. Uh, I went to see a show, but then there was that first filter. Was like, yeah, should I say these? And of course, I could say there was no problem whatsoever. But there's that barrier that it was just sort of built mm. in my, let's say, personality or just my behavior. Yeah. Um, that just as a result of many, many years in the closet where I thought I couldn't mm. because I was the only gay in Portugal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody else have any similar experiences there? Not being the only gay in Portugal, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, definitely, I, I was, I've lived in sort of very supportive uh, mm. housing situations okay. with extremely supportive, like, folks in my university yeah. situation, which is fantastic yeah. and like probably is the reason. I think they're asking you to people. shout Anna, they're asking ah. you to go <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, supportive no. household yeah no I, be, <laughs> yeah. Being, in, being in like being around people who are extremely supportive of you is fantastic really yeah, because you're going to have good days and bad days in any walk of life, right? But having that, that hub to be able to kind of check in with at the end of the For sure. a hard day must, yeah, must be hugely valued. Okay. Um, any other, any, uh, Dan, any, any kind of connections, mentors, anybody you, you know, you've taken with you through your life who've got your back? Is it family, friends? I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's like an individual person or mentor that 
mm. has sort of like led me through but it, it definitely helped having like such a supportive friend group and you know I, I yeah. came out to them on a drunk night out and they they acted like nothing ever happened yeah. so um, <laughs> and uh, you know they, they, you know it's just lovely because we could we, we have these conversations I talk about the, the guys I'm seeing and stuff mm. and and you know it's no different from them talking to me about yeah. you know people they're seeing as well so um just no bs just yeah frank yeah, it's just a, it's relaxed a, it's just a very sort yeah. of like com- comforting thing yeah. nice that's lovely don't leave you out crosby <laughs> <laughs> uh when i i've worked in many different i was in theater before i got into animation um and basically every office i've worked in i've been managed by a queer person basically except for here at dneg ironically Okay. <laughs> um, uh, uh, but yes, all along the way, and they were there when I got to New York, when I was figuring myself out in New York, similarly in California. I always had a queer mentor of mm. some sort, not just as a queer mentor. They were also a mentor in work as well. So mm-hmm. it kind of went hand in hand. Yeah. Not intentionally. It just happened to be the environment I was in. Okay. Because there's a lot of positive stuff there in terms of support networks, friends, people to check in with. Um, around kind of um, people that, you know, you, you work with, for example, do you ever find that you're um, unconsciously outed by accident at kind of client events? So it could be, you know, his, this is Crosby, and then, then somebody might make reference to your husband or your, you know, you know I'm not, I'm not yeah. saying you're mad, I don't know, you might be mad, you might not be, but yeah. I'm just saying, do you think people who know you well just assume you're, out to the whole wide world and it's 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 fair game to to out you without asking for your permission is that is there a question in there um <laughs> no well i've i've been with my partner for eight years so mm. at this point you might as well say we're married yeah um, we live <laughs> as good as right but, um, he's gonna laugh hearing that on this yeah. podcast he's getting ring on that finger um, yeah, <laughs> uh, but no at this not at dneg um yeah. at pixar we both met at Pixar. We we're both production people at Pixar. He, um, I'm not going to talk about his life story, but he was ambiguous, let's say, in the studio. Mm-hmm. And uh, I spent a year courting him, basically, um, <laughs> because no one knew. Uh, and then when we started dating, um, it was obvious it was going to be a scandal on mm-hmm. campus. <laughs> so we told our respective producers at the exact same time, yeah. and the word just spread like fire. Um, but in the best of ways. I mean, mm. the whole studio Pixar was incredibly supportive of every person we worked with. Yeah. Um, when we, they found out we were dating, um, and suddenly they could classify me as a queer person. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, no. I, I Even if they did out me at this point, I would be proud. Yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be ashamed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Anyone else have a, the same or different view on, on that? wanted to say I don't really have a choice <laughs> it's kind of in the name and yeah. like how people refer to me and like I don't know if, mm-hmm. yeah it's it's just there yeah <laughs> um, I'm fine with that well. yeah yeah absolutely be a gaggle I mean I I dated someone that I used to work with in my first job and I remember that before everyone knew that we were dating mm. it was a big deal for me and I didn't want anyone to know and it was actually in a meeting that uh, it came out that we had to rearrange some plans because, uh, and I had to travel, but also, of course, he also had mm-hmm. to cancel his plans, and I was petrified by it. Okay. And eventually, he 
he explained uh, to to the supervisor we were talking about. And when I came back into the office, the supervisor just received me with open arms, and it was mm. almost like coming out to my dad. Wow. Uh, my dad didn't have that reaction, but <laughs> but it was that sort of yeah. father figure, uh, and, and he was fine. But it it was not my choice, but. Mm. It made things a lot better at work as well after that. Regardless yeah, massively, of, right. Yeah, yeah. a great story. Dan, we work in the heady world of production. You uh, I, don't, I don't think I've really been outed at yeah. sort of client events. Like, it, it, there might have been one time when my boss introduced me to another gay client as yeah. me being gay and thought it was, like, absolutely hilarious. <laughs> that was, <laughs> but, um, no, I, I, I mean, I came, I came out in my first company uh, when I started in, in the industry, so that rumour spread like wildfire, but I... Mm. I was kind of the one that spread the rumor anyway. Let's <laughs> 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 um, plant that seed. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I did it. I did it myself. So, yeah. yeah, fair dues, fair dues. Yeah. So at that point in the podcast, Tom, time check, please. How are we doing for? Uh, 27 minutes. 27 minutes. That's quite a nice juncture to see whether anybody would like to fill that empty seat next to Dan. I mean, we have, uh, as we, I said, we have probably 80% of our audience's industry. So it'd be great if there's somebody from industry who would like to maybe join us on the podcast. Nobody's going to take. You can we get involved. Yeah, go ahead. yeah. Okay, you're beaten to it, but we're, we're coming. We're coming for you. Okay, come join. Come join. Come take a pew. So remember the rules: speak loud into the microphone. That's all you need to know. So, would you like to introduce yourself, please? Oh yeah, sure. Uh, hi, I'm Leanne, and I'm a lighter at uh, Jellyfish Pictures. Nice. So, any any points you want to add to the conversation we've had so far? We're almost half an hour in already, which is flies you know, by. Uh, I missed quite the topics already, I guess. Just checking you were listening, basically. Well, I'm actually uh, having my, f I'm I'm my, I'm in my first job as well now. Amazing. I um, recently moved to London like two months ago. Oh wow! On a whim. Congratulations. I graduated <laughs> three months ago, so I got my job directly at a festival uh, in France. And in a week time, I moved to London Brilliant. with uh, pocket money for four days of a hotel <laughs> <laughs> and with a mission to find something on Sparrow. Wow. And but Jellyfish was so supportive. And again, also, I had that fear of meeting my housemates and uh, should I tell them my girlfriend is coming over? Should <laughs> I ask if she if it's OK, if she comes over? But eventually I talked to it about um, with my one confident at work. It's my lead supervisor, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, she made me feel very comfortable, and eventually I just... Everyone knows at work I'm gay. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Pretty gay. So. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, so I'm going to dive straight into the question. So please, it's Leanne, right? Yes, Leanne. Leanne, amazing, welcome. Um, so we're getting into kind of some really heavy-duty questions now, guys, so brace yourself. So um, what myth about your sexual orientation or gender identity do you most want people to better understand? And you have had the question, so you should have an answer. <laughs> but yeah, who wants to take this one? And it doesn't have to be everybody. We don't have to go down the line, but if anybody has a particular view. Are there any myths? We don't all like vodka. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, we talked about it a lot already. Um, to me, orientation-wise, identity-wise, it's not set. I feel like some people... Yeah. Um, Dan, you're giving the reference of being introduced to someone because you're also gay. Mm -hmm. 
uh, has happened to me. Oh, you should meet so and so, and then you find out the reason they're connecting you is um, it's another gay person. There's other reasons to connect people other than just being queer, mm-hmm. um, whether it be interest or whatnot. So uh, yeah. yes, we don't all know each other. We also don't all need to know each other. <laughs> uh, uh, the world is big. So yeah. <laughs> Any other myths you want to debunk? Now's the time, guys. Come on. Debunk those myths. What about Leanne? Come on. Uh, you're your um, new podcast guest. Anything that you want to... Oh, so um, I came out to my mom like that, that I like both. Like, I like all people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then she, because my mom is from... She was born in 1950, and she's pretty conservative. So the immediate reaction I got from her was like, you sleep around? <laughs> I don't, I want you to choose. Like, that's exactly what she told me. And I was like, no, 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 it's not like that. No. So, yeah, that's like one big myth, I suppose, yeah. that's out there. Brilliant, brilliant. We can be monogamous. <laughs> Most of us, I think, are. <laughs> We can have an awkward silence, by the way, because Tom will edit it out. It will be edited out or not. Eight years happily. (laughs) Nice. So um, I'm going to move on then. So what what kind of things, uh, if somebody's thinking about uh, coming out, whether it be, um, you know, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, what what kind of things will they go through? I think, uh, Dan, you you touched on a few points about you coming out to your family and, you know, that that journey to to that point with with your father. Um, so I just want to have a conversation about, you know, what kind of, you know, on, particularly on the mental health kind of side of things, you know, what kind of things would people typically go through, do you think? And I'm, I'm just referencing your answer, Dan, so you don't necessarily have to go first. But Yeah, I'm I mean, I mean there, there is a lot of anxiety. There's a, you, you, you know, very early on, before, before I even, like, kind of accepted it myself, I was, like, very angry at myself for having all, the, all these, like, taboo thoughts and stuff. Mm. And... Um, yeah it's it's, and leading up to coming out it's just like the most daunting thing that uh, i mean everyone i guess knows or most of you all Mm. know um it's just so terrifying of of basically the unknown or not actually knowing how people are going to react um and uh yeah it's it's not it's not positive Mm. i'd say yeah not really yeah anybody agree with that Absolutely. I mean, yeah. the amount of anxiety. Yeah. Uh, I used to, sp- recently speaking with a friend, reminding me that uh, as, I don't know how old I was, but uh, the minute I realized that, wait a second, there's mm-hmm. something different and I actually know what it is. Yeah. Uh, I've always been bullied. Everyone was always calling me all the names in the book, but I didn't, didn't even know what those things meant at the time. Mm-hmm. So it was almost out there before I even knew myself. And... Um, so that just builds this anxiety that you just don't know how to deal with. And I was yeah. very angry. I used to be very angry at my mom. And she had no idea why I was so angry. Yeah. Uh, I had no idea. <laughs> and it took some time to, to get there. And, yeah. uh, and that's probably... It was easier to come out to people, mm. and even to my parents when I eventually did it, than actually come out to myself and come to terms that, wait a second, yeah. uh, I can do this, and this is going to be my life. Yeah. I mean, it's a, a long time to, I mean, I mean, how long did, it, did you, forgive, forgive my ignorance in terms of how I'm constructing this question, but how, how many years is it going through this for you, I mean, for you guys? I mean, is it a... For me, you're talking about 15 years. Wow. That's crazy. Until I, I 
took the step to, to yeah. tell my mom and then a few years later to, to my dad um, to actually come yeah. out to myself. I mean, I was bullied since I was six, seven years old, wow. um, even before I even knew what that mm. was. Um, so when I eventually, so I don't remember exactly what age from I, I came to terms yeah. with it myself, uh, but to come out to my mom, I was, I was already in London. It took all of that wow. to then go back and, and, and do it, so. Wow, crikey. How about you, Anna? How long did it take you? I mean, in terms of, from I guess, I don't know whether there's a beginning or an awakening to <laughs> to, yeah, to, to, to come. It's, it's sort of like a <laughs> gradient kind of mm -hmm. thing, um, but yeah, it's. I mean, it's, I'm still still yeah, not having yeah. <laughs> Like, I mean, like also dealing with trans healthcare yeah, is a real pain. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like all, all all of that is just kind of like it takes a very long time. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, just broadly. Um, Crosby, anything to add? Uh, mine was about ten, twelve years, but that was a mixture of moving around, but also yeah. just becoming comfortable with myself. Yeah. Um, but every person's different. Everybody's journey is different. Mm -hmm. Everybody's situation is different. Um, I came out to multiple people. I came out to my mother first and my family, uh, and then for the rest of my family. I didn't want to rip the Band-Aid off. I kind of sussed it out over many years. Mm. Um, my s I have three siblings and a really close relationship with my dad. And you know that there was a period in time that wouldn't have been a mm. smooth transition. Uh, but I, I tried to, uh, beyond just getting comfortable myself, I wanted to make sure they were in a state or a situation where they yeah. would be comfortable having the conversation as well. Um, and. That was the best thing that could have happened because by the time I did discuss with them, th at that point it was like, duh, what yeah. are you talking about? Um, they were more upset I had been in a relationship and they didn't know the person. Wow, okay. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, it, it took it took a while. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the relief must be just ridiculous after that amount of time, especially you know hearing these stories uh, when, you know, when you come out to family. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I, I can't imagine what that relief must feel like, you know, happens. I mean. It, for me, it was, a, I don't know for you all, but for me, it wasn't an instantaneous, like, sigh of relief at mm -hmm. all. Yeah. Uh, like, even now, it's still gradually becoming more and more, I'm becoming more and more comfortable. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't like I told, great, everything's done, yeah. case closed. I went to my younger sister's wedding last year, year before. And I figured the whole damn town knew by then, mm. and they didn't. People were like, oh, my God, Crosby finally brought a date to the wedding. Um, <laughs> it was, it was, it's still a thing. Wow. Um, I want to bring it back to um, kind of our studios and uh, the VFX and animation world. I mean, are, do you come across any uh, um, professional barriers, um, or do you feel your gender identity or sexual orientation has ever been a, a professional barrier in any way? I mean, it's quite an inclusive industry. I mean, on the back of the recent UK Screen report, you know, a lot of people feel, who filled the report out, that, it, you know, it's an inclusive industry. But do you guys have a different take on that? I mean, are, are there any barriers? There don't have to be, like, heavy-duty barriers. There can, be, there can be degrees, but is there anything you've come up against? I was initially very worried. Um, I applied to Blue Zoo with my dead name and kind of mm. signed up, like, all, all, all that, like, that way because I was worried that yeah. that would be a problem. Um, but fortunately, Blue Zoo is very, very happy to have me. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you, yes. <laughs> so more, uh, yeah, it's kind of like a perceived barrier sometimes, I guess, yeah, rather than an actual yeah, I mean, barrier. I'm, I'm sure in a lot of situations, there would 
definitely be barriers there, but mm. uh, not in this case, yeah. unfortunately. Thank you. Anyone else come across any barriers professionally? No, I don't think there are barriers. I think, I mean, at least visible ones, people mm. might have different opinions, but I think most of the times what happens is that it starts at home. Mm-hmm. You build up all of these fears, this anxiety when you go into your first day or to an interview, and then you soon realize that it's actually fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the fact that you have all of these barriers, it just means that when you come into your workplace, you're not 100% yourself. You're this version mm-hmm. of yourself that yeah. you probably built throughout the years, and uh, and you're just used to that. Mm-hmm. And when you when you realize that you can be 100% yourself, you work better, you yeah. feel better during your day, and exactly. it's just it's a better world, really. I want to go into cliches, yeah, but exactly. it's exactly. But it is. Thank you, Gabriel. Um, I want to ask one more question, then I'm going to throw it out to the audience as well. Um, so um, what advice would you give somebody who's thinking about coming out, whether to colleagues, family? You know, what, is there any advice you would give that person, maybe even in this room or listening? You know, because we have a lot of subscribers, so there's going to be gonna be hanging on your every word. Um, so, yeah, should we just go down the line? I'm sure you've got some advice, and then we'll throw it out to the, uh, the audience and see if you guys have any questions. Where should we start? Who should I pick on? <laughs> Let's go in the middle. <laughs> no, no, well, Gabriel, we've just been, actually. No, 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 no. Leanne. Come on, Leanne, our, new, our new, newly uh, acquired guest. Well, uh, I actually confided in my younger brother, surprisingly enough. Little boy was only nine, eight years old. But he was so encouraging of, like, saying, if you want to be yourself, just tell our parents you want to be yourself. So find that one confident Maybe just one person at first. Mm-hmm. Get yourself comfortable. Tell them, and then maybe then you'll get the courage to do it to other people. Practice on a, yeah. a child. Do <laughs> 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 you know any of the seven, eight-year-olds? <laughs> Sorry, I'm being facetious. Thank you, Leanne. That's great advice. <laughs> Done. Uh, I was I was going to actually reiterate what Leanne said. Um, literally just tell one person because the, the relief from that is actually just so momentous um, mm. and at least having someone knowing um, someone actually just like understanding where you're at because um, it is you know every, every you know experience is unique and um, you know you never you never know what your parents going to say and it could it might, might not turn out the way you want it to um, but having one friend or you know colleague that knows is, is just like yeah. so relieving. Excellent. Thank you, Dan. Gabriel, I'll come to you now. You, <laughs> right. may, you may speak. Um, thinking about it, I mean, I think part of the one of the things that I w- would have loved at the time to, to sort of know is that uh, when you come out, you do that only for yourself. This is something that you need to understand that you deserve to be 100% yourself. Yeah. And there's no point forcing it or trying to rush that process. So just take your time and only do it when you're when you're ready, when you feel confident because you're doing it for yourself and no one else. You're going to have people encouraging you, you should do it and you have to do it. Next Christmas you're going home and you have to tell yeah. your parents. And then you don't do it and you come back as a failure because another year where I'm not going to say it. Yeah. So you have to be very generous and gentle with yourself and say, this is your journey, no one else's. And if you do find someone that is not that supportive, you remove that person from your life and you move on to the next one. Nice. Because you only want people Positive around you that are supportive yeah. regardless of what it is. So That's that would be advice. my... <laughs> Thank you, Gabriel. Um, I, my advice would be to like, f- 
find or create yourself a space where you can be you. I don't just necessarily mean like a physical space that you can occupy or like a group of people, but also sort of perhaps a state of mind or uh, sort of a digital form um, is also like totally like totally works. Um, for for a long time when I wasn't out, I went to a lot of there were particular albums that would make me feel certain ways and. Uh, those were kind of spaces, like audio spaces that I inhabited for the for that time when I couldn't really come out. Mm. Um, yeah, that's what I have to say. <laughs> okay. So I'm sure people can get your music recommendations. Yeah, <laughs> every drinks. What's the album? Number one album. Thank you, Anna Crosby. Uh, I guess just reiterating what I said earlier. It just takes time. It takes time for yourself and others as well. Um, but at the same time, once you have come out, it takes time after coming out as well. Uh, it, for me, coming out was one process. And then after that, it was just like experiencing life and still being okay, growing as a mm. person um, and uh, not letting that define what everything else was going to happen after that. So it takes time before and it takes time after. Just experience it and don't mm. be afraid to experience it. Brilliant. Thank you, Crosby. Okay, so uh, we've got, I reckon, about 10 minutes or so to take some questions from the audience. I've got a hand over there. So would you like to ask your question, please? Um, so I'm, I'm non-binary, <laughs> uh, and I use them pronouns. Um, and in, uh, I'm not quite sure how diverse exactly it is with trans people or even non-binary people in the workspace, but... Um, to anyone who's had experience with it, uh, what's kind of your experience with being trans or under the that umbrella, and how have the companies been able to uh, help you with that when you're at work? Is there a question in there? <laughs> um, I mean, like my my, I had a plan. Though. My final note was just going to be like support your local non-binary people, like. <laughs> They're, they're, they're like, oh. <laughs> um, but I, I can't really say, uh, like, what kind of support there is mm. necessarily because that's kind of not, yeah, not my area of expertise. I think that, I think it's important to work it for companies that um, you know have supportive, uh, supportive infrastructure. So you have a HR team. So I think it's uh, create an environment where you can go to somebody in the HR team and then that support reveals itself because until you put your hand up and say look I, I need support then that support happens if that makes sense but it has to be in a supportive environment I think you need to have that that fostered first is that fair to say I mean I think yeah especially being in a leadership position it a lot of it's top-down um, and uh, making sure like you're saying uh, that the resources are there for any person that's coming in who may be nervous to mm. join the to, uh, join the crew, um, uh, but also provide resources for the crew who may not be exposed to um, the entire queer community. They may have questions, and it's okay to ask questions um, as a I'm not straight, but as a straight ally to ask questions mm. about someone's queer identity mm -hmm. just to better enhance the community as a whole. Mm. I experienced that here at DNEC. Um, uh, having had uh, 
work placements with us who identified as non-binary as well. And um, it was just making sure that person was comfortable in the community they were going to be around for the couple of weeks. It was even more so at Pixar because there was a lot of resources for that. They dedicated a lot of inclusive resources for that as well. Yeah. Thank you. Great. Thank you. Any other questions? You're thirsty, aren't you? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so this is more directed at Leanne and kind oh. of like off topic. Oh. But like, um, do you think, or like in your experience, has there been like any glass ceiling for like people of color or women of color specifically? So has there been a glass ceiling? Um, <clears throat> honestly, uh, like I said, my workplace has make me feel so welcome, so at home. Uh, Honestly, it's quite diverse as well, and also in the area where we're situated. And I haven't had any problems with it. Um, and I even make jokes about it. it it's very common, and honestly, in the, the community that we have, the, the companies, they're all very friendly. They're all very, there's no stigma, there's no race, whatever, religion, no worries. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> Any more hands? Hello. Um, just as a general sort of question, but um, obviously you do encounter sort of problematic people. Um, how do you personally deal with them? <laughs> how do you deal with problematic people? I throw glitter. Glitter <laughs> is the solution for everything. Oh, yeah. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> have we come across any problematic people do we deal with them or just throw glitter at them I ignore them it's just like it's not worth dealing with them just push them out I don't yeah. physically push them yeah. but just like <laughs> plow through them it's not worth your time or effort yeah. they'll come around unless you have time to have a conversation with them um, and you want to educate them move on just yeah. move past them uh I can't say I've experienced it at work yeah. at all. So I don't know how I would deal with it in the workplace. Uh, I'd probably approach the subject myself first yeah. um, to do man-to-man -man, um, conversation. Uh, but I haven't been in that situation. Mm. I've been very fortunate. And I think, I hope, the majority of us have been very fortunate being in this industry. It's very inclusive. Mm. I think, Gabriel, you mentioned about just cutting people out, didn't you? Not, not in a harsh you're dead to me way but in a surround yourself yeah surround yourself with positive people can try can i try and add something to that please um, do bobby uh, yeah, yeah so you have to jump on the microphone then okay sorry uh, just like for uh, my uh, my contribution this is bobby from qvfx Hi, uh, yeah, yeah so i think if you face like people who are just difficult or they just don't want to accept it i found that let's say this summer when i was back home i'm from bulgaria and I was in uh, going to the beach with my mom and a, a few of their friends. And there's like a few um, kind of political things happening within uh, Bulgaria uh, about like um, queer education and kind of sexual orientation education within schools, kind of like it's happening here. And they kind of start talking about it and like they start alluding about how they're going to, you know, shame kids and like tell them about like all these like weird sexual things. And there was like a kid in the car as well, like, you know, gays as well. And I just kind of like... I felt like to step in, but sometimes you have to be, you shouldn't be just like, you know, shove your queerness up someone's throat, you know, like you have to be, uh, understand that they would be, um, they just wouldn't understand. So 
maybe take a more subtle approach and just kind of start educating people in a way that you feel that they would understand you. I just started telling them, you know, I'm in the UK, people are a lot more inclusive, you know, like people, um, I think education, I told them that I found education is important because like you can't know about someone else's experiences if you're not identify or, uh, you know, um, see yourself in their shoes as well. So I kind of started explaining, t um, explaining that and kind of alluding um, my queerness as well. But um, yeah, sometimes you shouldn't, maybe you can ignore them, but in that situation, it was like friends and family. Uh, and I felt it's, if I want to make some kind of positive, um, you know, outcome um, to people who might be very uh, ignorant about this topic, you can, you know, start just educating people, even like the slightest, you know, they might just put it in their mind that, you know, there's like different opinions, views and different people as well, especially from people who are from more maybe conservative societies where people are not as open as here. Um, so yeah, just kind of don't always ignore maybe people, just try and in your own way, try and change the world, I guess, in your little small way, maybe, and change those people's opinions. Thank you, Bobby. So I'd like to say a massive thank you to Dan, Gabriel, Anna and Crosby and Leanne, our new <laughs> panellists. I give them a massive QVFX round of applause, please. Um, I'd, I'd like to say a personal uh, thank you to all of you to being, for being so gracious and vulnerable with your answers. Um, I find these, as a straight ally, I find these panels very challenging because I'm not LGBT. So thank you for being so honest and allowing me to chair the panel. <laughs> um, and uh, I should shout out Sarah Deshot because the plan was Sarah, uh, my fellow co-founder of QVFX, we were going to co-deliver this together. So she was going to bring her perspective. But unfortunately, she's not well. So we sure will get well soon, Sarah. Um, so you, you were stuck with me for another another panel. So uh, the next one, and we'll uh, hopefully get Sarah on it, and she can ask. I'm sure much more insightful questions than I did during that uh, that, that event. But thank you guys so much. It was incredible. I really enjoyed that. Thanks. Thank you. There we go. End of another Access VFX podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. To find out more about what we discussed, our mentoring program and events we're at, then head over to our website at www.accessvfx.org and follow us on social media. Big thank you for listening and until next time, bye.